Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The second half of 2017 got off to an ominous start last week when the Bears lost to Green Bay, but an opportunity to reverse their fortunes was available in the form of the visit from the Detroit Lions. What did the Bears do for an encore? And is it worth talking about? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 11 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Let's just say that I hate being right. Because a week ago on Sunday, I proceeded to uh, react to the Bears' loss to Green Bay um, with a scathing review of their performance uh, against the Packers. And uh, I predicted on that day, just minutes after losing to Green Bay, that we would lose uh, to Detroit. Uh, I did incorrectly say that they would kick our ass. That did not happen. Um, I I don't remember if I said they would embarrass us, but that did happen. Uh, But what's more like we embarrassed ourselves uh, on Sunday. So uh, regardless, I correctly predicted that the Bears would lose another home division game, 0-3 at home against the NFC North. And that's how we're kicking things off. What's going on, everybody? Larity back the Week 11 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And... um, yeah, we're three and seven, guys. We are three and seven. And um, a couple of quick announcements before I get into the knee-jerk reactions and start reviewing the game. Doing things a little bit different this week because of the holiday. Um, I'm recording this on Monday night. I think we're at halftime for the Monday night game. I got kind of wrapped up in it. It was a pretty good first half, but um, Recording this Monday night, so this is going to go out you know, a little bit later tonight. First thing, Tuesday morning is what most of you will probably see this. Um, and then, because of the holiday, um, I am um, going to be uh, traveling to uh, Chicago uh, after work on Wednesday uh, afternoon. So I, that's usually when I do my interviews. Um, uh, and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation on SB Nation will be joining us this week to preview bears and eagles but i'm actually talking to him tomorrow night on tuesday so what we're going to do is i am actually going to release the um the 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 preview interview on its own on wednesday morning tuesday night wednesday morning and then when uh when i'm at home in chicagoland um uh it's basically just it's just me and my mom uh this year my dad and uh my sister are taking my sister's kids down south to visit uh my grandmother, so it's just me and mom hanging out uh, this year. But mom's got to work on Friday, so I'm gonna be on my own all day on Friday. So I'm gonna take that opportunity to basically uh, record the beginning and ending segments that would have sandwiched the uh, interview with Brandon, uh, and then that's gonna be released as its own. So basically, we're gonna have a week t- twelve preview part one will be the interview with Brandon on Wednesday, and then on Friday. Part two will be me doing basically the beginning and ending segments uh, of the show. So um, there you go. So plenty of Larry D to go around uh, this week and and hoping that the change in format will uh, maybe change our fortunes and the Bears. Uh, As I correctly predicted, uh, or as I predicted uh, last Sunday, the Bears would lose to Green Bay and Detroit, win games that we uh, lose games that we should have won. Then we'll go on the road to the nine and one Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best team in football right now, and uh, we'll beat them uh, on Sunday. So wouldn't that just be? Wouldn't that just make all the sense in the world if uh, we we lost a couple of games we should win and then win a game that we should decide? We're the Bears right now, thirteen and a half point underdogs 
So a two touchdown underdog uh, to the Eagles on 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 Sunday. So uh, and there's a very good likelihood that that number could increase as the week goes along. So yeah, the the pundits really giving the Bears a uh, a fair shot at winning this thing uh, on Sunday. So um, another thing that I did different because you're going to hear some. Um, I decided that uh, you know with this with this week and and all that kind of stuff that um, uh, I decided to try something different this week in the way that I I did my bear ups and bear downs yesterday because uh, what I do is after I record my knee jerk reactions I get them uploaded from my mini recorder onto the computer and get them edited and then I record the intro I write and record the intro to the show and. I type up my bear ups and bear downs, any notes that I have for the for the game, and I just decided whatever I'm going to record the bear up and bear down uh, section. So you might be hearing some of this information repeated in the bear up and bear down segment uh, at the end of the show. So just to give you fair warning. Also, uh, yesterday I did not. I thought I correctly assumed, hoped that the Bears would cut Connor Barth, and they did. But uh, as of 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon when I was recording that, they hadn't done it yet. So uh, (laughs) even though, you know, they didn't waste any time, uh, Cairo Santos, uh, who the Bears brought in for a tryout last week, um, is the new kicker uh, for the Bears. Connor Barth thrown out on his ass for letting us down yet again yesterday uh, against the Lions. So anyway, there you go. So I don't know if I'll be doing that going forward you know wanted to get the bear ups and bear downs while they're still fresh but you know we'll, we'll see how it all works out you guys let me know if uh if that works for you i mean there isn't any i don't know any kind of difference to it but uh you know let me know what you guys think should i just record it all at once on monday and, and bang it out or do the uh semi knee jerk reaction bear ups and bear downs work better for you guys let me know so um anyway so we go into yesterday Three and six. We're taking on the uh, five and four uh, Detroit Lions, who were a team that started four and one. You know, they were definitely trending down until they won that Monday night game last week against the Packers on national uh, or two weeks ago uh, on, on national TV at Lambeau, where they've won like twice since Reagan was president. So, uh, not a lot of victories happening in Lambeau for the Lions, and they decisively beat up on Green Bay coming in. Uh, on the, and, and had a tough game last week against the Browns where basically Cleveland had him on the ropes for three and a half quarters before, you know, reality set in and, and the Lions took over and, uh, you know, won that game. I think 38 to 24 ended up being the final score. They come into Chicago to play the Bears. And, um, you know, like we talked about with Jeremy, you know, regardless of the fact that the, the Lions have dominated the, um, the most recent uh, set of games uh, with the Bears, I think six out of seven or seven out of eight coming into it. Almost all but one or two of the games decided by four points or less. Yesterday was no exception, 27 to 24 being the uh, the final score in that one. But, uh, you know, uh, we've complained and complained and complained as Bear fans day, week in, week out about how predictable and, and boring and you know it's like our defensive our opponents can see us coming a mile away and then the genius thought last this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the win Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. This ah. week of Fox and Loggins coming out saying that the defense dictates who's out there and who isn't. That's why Tariq Cohen isn't playing as much as he was in the beginning and, and all the rest of that. Not just nonsense absolute nonsense it's like if you guys are looking for excuses if you're trying to pull the wool over eyes you're gonna have to do a lot better than that well 
come week 11 here with the Lions, you know, first quarter, who's getting involved early and often but Tariq Cohen? And, you know, thanks to, uh, you know, the Bears kind of looking sharper, um, coming out and mixing up the looks and, and, you know, looking a lot different, the defense being aggressive, the first quarter went really, really well. But you'll hear an ominous warning at the end of this reaction that, unfortunately, I turned out to be right about. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions after the first quarter. And um, you know what? On offense, I I don't recognize these guys. Uh, And more importantly, I like it. Uh, This is an offense that is uh, mixing up its looks, uh, mixing up its personnel groupings. They had uh, Howard and Cohen in the backfield at the same time, you know, and doing things like that. The Bears started out with the football, drove the length of the field, 70 yards. Came up short in the red zone, so we settled for a field goal, but it's the first time all season that the Bears have scored on their opening drive. So we're up three to nothing. Detroit comes out with the football and on third down around midfield a sack from Nick Kwiatkowski forces a fumble recovered by Akeem Hicks and we're going back the other way uh, first second play of that drive Jordan Howard breaks it for about 50 yards to get us inside the red zone a couple of plays later uh, Trubisky finds Shaheen in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown and just like that the Bears are up 10 nothing uh, on the Lions and the domination has continued into the you know throughout the remainder of the first quarter. So I mean, the defense is getting after Stafford. They just forced another punt uh, from the uh, from the Lions. The Bears have the football right now. It'll be I think second and short uh, as we start the second quarter. Um, you know we're looking good. You know I, I, I'm seeing some imagination in the offense. Not trying to do the same thing over and over again. Mixing up the looks that we run in uh, and things like that. So it's it's all positive so far in the first quarter. One thing that we need to keep in mind is that the Lions are a second half team and more specifically a fourth quarter team. So while this is a, a very good for, very good beginning for the Bears, we need to carry it out and make sure we play 60 minutes today. You know, my grandfather told me once when I was a young boy, he said, you know what, son, sometimes you're a little too smart for your own good. And, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, I just I sometimes I hate it when I'm right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but the funny thing is the Bears didn't waste any time proving me right. They instead uh, decided to fold like a cheap accordion in the second quarter uh, instead of waiting until the third and fourth quarters for uh, Detroit to take over the football game. Um, and, and again, self-inflicted wounds is 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 what did it to us. Number one, and we'll get to the first one. The first self-inflicted wound we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, the second one is what kicked off, what, what kind of opened the floodgates uh, for Detroit, uh, which was the defensive touchdown. You hear me talk about that here uh, in the reaction. And then from, from then on, you just kind of felt like Detroit had been propelled, like, they, like the, the Bears had consistently stomped them into the ground. I mean, they only had two offensive drives in the first quarter where both were stomped out consistently, first with the, with the turnover that the Bears in turn put points on the board with to get that early 10-0 lead. And then the second drive, you know, they moved the chains a couple of times, but the Bears swallowed them up again, forced another punt, and then the offense got the ball in their hands once again. You know, just like I said, the first quarter really could not have gone uh, much better than it did uh, against the Lions. It was kind of reminiscent of the first game between the two teams last year where an 0-3 team you know, uh, was playing the 1-2 and two Detroit Lions, and it was the Bears that dominated the game to the point where the final score was 17-14 to 14 or 17-13, to 13, but the game was never that close. You know what I mean? And, and, and here it was. It's 10-0 in the first quarter, and, you know, it looked like the Bears were, were, were at it. I mean, uh, just before, you know, the floodgates got opened, uh, you know, Trubisky had a really nice run that ended up having to come back uh, because of a penalty, self-inflicted wound uh, number two. And then number three on the very next play is what you'll hear me talk about here in the reaction. And that's where things really got busy for Detroit in the second quarter. 
Knee-jerk reaction, the Bears and the Lions after the second quarter, and what a difference a quarter makes. The Bears ended the first quarter dominating with a 10 to nothing lead, and as we go into halftime, it's 21 to 17 in favor of the Lions. So now that, that first drive, only being able to put up three instead of seven is already hurting uh, the Bears. The, you know, if they put that one in the end zone, it's a tie ball game. We're going 0-0 into the second half, and uh, you know, it, it all fell apart rather quickly uh, for the Bears. Um, they come out, and, you know, after uh, getting the football back, after forcing that punt, they start the second quarter. Um, Mitchell Trubisky scrambles, gets about a 15-yard gain, and it ends up coming back on a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on uh, on Kyle Long. And uh, the very next play after that, a, a, a botched snap between Trubisky and Whitehair, the ball goes rumbling all around the floor. It's picked up by the Lions. They run it in for a touchdown, and just like that, it's 10-7, to and the ball starts rolling. Um, the offense is still doing pretty well. Uh, they were able to answer that defensive uh, touchdown by the Lions with their own def- uh, their own touchdown. They, they went the length of the field again. Jordan Howard with a 12-yard touchdown run. The Bears were up 17-7, to and then on back-to-back drives, the Lions go the length of the field and put two touchdowns on the board, they're up 21 uh, to 17. The, the worrisome part about that is that uh, you know uh, Stafford and his his uh, you know his wide receiving core uh, have gotten into a rhythm. Uh, they are gouging uh, the Bears because they're doing nothing on the running game, not a thing uh, with the running game. Uh, they, just this last drive, the the Lions scored about 25 seconds to go uh, in the half. Was Stafford was six for seven for 68 yards. The drive before. That the Bears had the Lions third and forever at their own nine yard line. Four plays later, they're in the end zone to you know to be down 17 to 14. So I mean it's we're getting gouged in the passing game. Marcus Cooper gave up a, a, a touch, got full, completely fooled on a double move. His guy was wide open in the end zone. The secondary is is not doing its job uh, right now. The the pass rush is is getting to Stafford. They're putting pressure on Stafford. But but the secondary is not holding up its end because Stafford is just getting the ball away, and every time that he does, his receiver is wide open. They're moving the chain. So uh, the worst part about it all, the Lions start with the football, and they have the lead 21-17 to to start the second half. So the, the fumble really did get the ball rolling uh, for Detroit, no pun intended. Uh, you know, they pick up that, 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 that bot snap from, from Trubisky and, and, and white hair. And, and, you know, like I said, next thing you know, it's 10 to seven. And, uh, for a team that was beaten into the ground, uh, into the first quarter and had little to nothing, uh, going for it. Now, all of a sudden they have life. They've put points on the board. They're only down three points. They're right back in this thing. And, uh, we, we, like I said, we answered, I mean, I was super Super excited about the way the offense was playing in the, in the first half there. Uh, for the Bears to be able to answer that defensive touchdown with a touchdown of their own, a solid-looking drive uh, uh, from the Bears, and, and to, to cap it off with a run uh, from Jordan Howard, who was a beast in the first half. Uh, just, you know, the big 50-yard run and, you know, the 12-yard touchdown run and everything. He uh, put up more than half of his yards in the football game in the first half. He was... Um, he was doing really, really well. And you heard uh, after the game the offensive line talking about how um, the different looks, the different running, the different formations that they ran out of, how it made things so much easier for them in run blocking. Because every time we ran the ball until up until Sunday, every time we ran the ball, you could pretty much tell we were in a running formation. Uh, the Bears were running out of shotgun. Uh, they were, like I said, they were mixing things up, putting Cohen and, and Howard on the field together at the same time. Uh, you know, running out of four wide receiver sets and things like that. Really mixing it up, keeping the, the Lions on their toes. The Bears ran the football all over Detroit. 222 yards rushing in this football game uh, on Sunday. I mean, that's outstanding. The last time we did that was against. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was against the Steelers that when we, when we were last time we rushed for over 200 yards. I mean, we really racked the yards up on the, on these guys uh, yesterday. But um, like I said, the secondary really let the Bears down yesterday. The defense has not 
joined us in the second half of the season uh, just yet. They were a lot more consistent than this uh, in the first eight games of the season. For them to allow Brent Hundley to have the performance he had uh, last week, and then again, you know, you were expecting Stafford to be able to do what he does because he's he's one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the league. He's in the top ten, I believe, and. Uh, you know, for him to be able to do his thing, the receivers that he has and in in and TJ Jones and that Galladay kid is really, really good. Not to mention Golden Tate and, and uh uh you know Ebron the tight end, even though he's got terrible hands for the most part. Um but you know he was ranked he was drafted in the top ten for a reason. He had some catches uh yesterday as well. And per the usual, the Lions only ran for sixty five yards in the game. So it was all through the air that the Lions were doing what they do. And, and the Bears just had no answer for it in the secondary. You know, Fuller got smoked a couple of times. Marcus Cooper twice on that one drive in the second quarter. He was the guy defending the receiver on third and 15 when, when, uh, when, when the, the Bears were a, 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 a split second too late getting to Stafford on the pass rush. But uh, Cooper gave an enormous uh, cushion on that play. So he like outran the receiver by 10 yards and then had to come back. And by the time he got there, the receiver caught the ball for the first down and more uh, on that third down. And then, like I said, three plays later, the, you know, he gets beat on that double move and it's 17 to 14 and things are getting a little too interesting uh, in the first half. And, uh, you know, Stafford then engineered another drive that put them up 21 to 17. And that was a lead that unfortunately the, uh, the Lions would not relinquish. I mean, we go into the third quarter, and the third quarter, no fireworks, not really much going on for for either team. The Bears, I think, had zero yards of offense in the third quarter. They just did nothing in the third quarter. The Lions did very little uh, on their own either. It was a defensive quarter, uh, if you will, and um, you know, but you could just kind of see that um, the Lions would, had kind of taken over control uh, of the game, and the Bears were struggling to keep up. Knee-jerk reaction in the third quarter, the Bears and the Lions. The third quarter is much to do about nothing. It's uh, been mostly defense in the third quarter. No points allowed, still 21 uh, to 17. And uh, the offense has gone stagnant. Uh, we're having trouble running the ball. Uh, Trubisky is either off target or the receivers are dropping the ball uh, in the third quarter. Very little progress made by either offense in the third quarter, which, you know, makes a lot of sense considering that we went scoreless. But uh, the Lions on this particular drive that, that ended the third quarter are moving the football. I believe they are in Chicago territory now. Uh, more worrisome in that is that they've been – they had two, three actually runs of about five yards or more uh, on uh, on offense. So um, I don't know if that, that spells bad news for the Bears that they're getting tired uh, on the defensive side. If, they're, if the Lions, a football team that is not known for running the ball, is gashing us uh, in the running game now. So we head into the fourth quarter. It's 21-17, to 17, and we're going to need to see a lot more from our offense if we want to pull this thing out. <laughs> There were quite a bit more fireworks in the fourth quarter. Things got a lot more interesting. Uh, Matt Stafford and company added a field goal early in the fourth quarter, I believe, on that drive that I was talking about uh, in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction. And then the Bears, once again, finally put together a decent drive. Um, You know, they started throwing the ball a bit better. Dontrell Inman made some catches. Adam Shaheen, um, a a, a really good game for Adam Shaheen, kind of a breakout performance, if you will. Um, you know, based on what we've seen from him uh, this year, he was targeted four times and he made four catches, including a touchdown, had a couple of really nice uh, games, you know, yards after the catch and things like that. It's like, this is what I thought we were going to see from day one uh, from this guy, you know, but, uh, you know, being a division two guy, maybe it took a little bit longer. Also, he's been pressed into duty. No Zach Miller, Deion Sims out with this mysterious illness that John Fox won't tell us about. And, uh, you know, you'll hear me talk about Daniel Brown in the, in the, the bear up bear down section. I got a thing or two to say about that guy and what he was doing yesterday. But, um, you know, Shaheen played fantastic. Um, you know, like I said, Dontrell Inman finally started getting involved and, uh, and everything. The bears were able to tie up the, uh, football game. I think with about five minutes or so, uh, to go in the football game. Um, you know, again, another, uh, play number one, Tariq Cohen getting a lot more involved. He was on the field for 
30-something snaps as opposed to 13 uh, a week ago where he only touched the ball twice, one catch and one run uh, last week against Green Bay. Um, what they did was they were in the shotgun uh, from about 15 yards out, and it was just an, 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 a regular like pitch play type thing. He just pitches the ball to the outside to Cohen. Cohen turns the corner, dives with his little tiny body over the goal line for uh, the touchdown, and just like that, it's it's a tie ball game. It's twenty four uh, to twenty four, and um, you know, it's Matt Stafford and the Lions, and uh, they have a reputation for uh, making things exciting. At the end, uh, they were able to answer uh, the Bears' touchdown uh, with a field goal drive, and Matt Prater. Uh, who was a real NFL kicker, puts one through the uprights from 52 yards out. And all Tom Brenneman, the, the the play-by-play announcer for the game, could say was that this guy couldn't make one from 47 yards during the pregame warm-ups, but he put one through the uprights with from 52 uh, like he was making a chip shot from about 20 yards out. I mean, there was plenty of room uh, to spare uh, on the field goal. And then, of course... <sighs> Then Connor Barth happened. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Lions. And, um, you know, we made an effort. We made a game out of it. Uh, The Bears, um, uh, as you can probably hear my phone in the background blowing up with all of my fellow Bear fans texting their disgust uh, to me. you know the 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 Bears uh, give up a, a field goal in the in the, the start of the fourth quarter. They're down 24 to 17. They they come back. Tariq Cohen a really great drive, and, and Tariq Cohen was a lot more involved today. And we see what the difference is when they find a way to get Tariq Cohen uh, involved. He scores the touchdown in the fourth quarter to uh, give the Bears the tie. Um, the the Lions come back, and the wind has been merciless today in Soldier Field, but Matt. Prater, a real NFL kicker, kicks a 52-yard field goal to give the Lions the lead, 27-24 with about a buck 30 or so to go in the game. The Bears uh, come back. It looks like we're screwed on fourth and 13. Trubisky, who's been doing a really good job running the ball. We had a couple of designed runs for him today and doing a really great job scrambling. Feels the pocket coming and collapsing and closing down on him. Gets about 16, 17 yards on fourth and 13 to extend the drive. One pass later to Dontrell Inman. We're at the 30-yard line of the Lions. And then with eight seconds to go, the game all falls in into the hands of Connor Barth, and, uh, you know, I think we can just stop right there. We all know what happens when you put the ball in Connor Barth's hands, okay, for lack of a better term. Football was not even in the same zip code as the uprights. You know, it was not even close. So the, the, ball, the, the ball game is over. The Bears lose again, 27-24. We are 0-4 in the NFC North, and... <laughs> We can, but the last two NFC North games we have left are on the road. We're at Detroit in a few weeks, and then we're at Minnesota to end the season. I, if you know, 0 and 6 in the division, even if the Bears miraculously win the rest of the games this season, if we're 0 and 6 in the division, you cannot tell me John Fox comes back for 2018. But right now, we're 3 and 7. We should be better than that. We all know that we should be a lot better than 3 and 7. We're not, and. We're heading to the road to the best team in possibly in the NFL, the Eagles, next Sunday. So what a happy Thanksgiving it will be for all of us uh, to watch the Bears get their asses handed to them uh, by the NFC's best. Two silver linings here. One would be that uh, we learned this morning that um, Connor Barth is no longer our problem. Uh, I hear that Cairo Santos, our brand new kicker, um, is a clutch kicker which we really could have used yesterday um but um so so maybe those days are are are, are over maybe he'll be our, our next Robbie Gold who that's you know knock on knock on wood for that the other silver lining is the progress and the growth that we saw from uh, Trubisky uh yesterday to to lead the the team uh down the field to be clutch that fourth down run was huge yesterday and it was 4th and 10, and he gained 19 yards, not 13, not 15 on 4th and 13. He gained 19 on 4th and 10. 
and then you know got the Bears into field goal range with a great throw uh, to Dontrell Inman to um, you know 47 yards is not an easy kick, but you know Prater made 52 look easy, uh, you know, and then Connor Barth made 47 look impossible. So um, there, there you go uh, for that. But um, you know the, the what we saw from Trubisky yesterday, his stats weren't sexy. Um, 18 of 30, 179 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, had that botched snap that ended up hurting the uh, hurting the Bears. Um, only sacked once yesterday, and that was more of the the pocket just got collapsed around him. He had nowhere to go. He didn't have a an opportunity to get out of it, so he just had to eat it. And was only sacked once uh, yesterday, and um, you know the, the 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 growth that we saw just in that one drive. Um, Trubisky is the real deal, man. I really do uh, believe that, and and uh, I'm I'm being happily proven wrong that this was a bad decision for the uh, for the Bears, and, and I'm kind of hoping that the Bears can hop onto this, you know, huge uh, leap from year one to year two in 20. Like th- the way that Trubisky is playing has me really looking forward to 2018, and not because I want this season to end, but because. We're seeing what happened with Jared Goff in year two. I mean, it also helped that Jeff Fisher, who knows nothing about coaching quarterbacks, is not his coach anymore. Uh, Sean McVay, who knows tons about, you know, coaching quarterbacks, is, you know, helping lead the charge there. Doug Peterson is really helping Carson Wentz develop in his second year uh, in Philadelphia. And those are the two division leaders right now. Philadelphia 9-1 and one in, in the East, uh, the the Rams, they lost yesterday, but they're 7-3. and three. They're still in first place in the West. And, uh, you know, last year, the, you know, the, the Rams are picking the top 10 and the Eagles are, like, number 14 or something like that. Uh, you know, they were these were losing teams 4-12 and 12 and 7-9 and nine, uh, last year. And here they are on, on, the, on the right side of the win-loss column uh, with multiple wins, you know, multiple over 500. The, 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 the Eagles only losing one game so far uh, this year. So... You know, I'm excited to see that hopefully, you know, if we can solidify the secondary and get a little more consistency there, uh, you know, the defense can return to its former self uh, from this year and, and be the dominant uh, team that it was in the first eight games. And we, you know, we do it basically we're, we're like the Eagles right now because last year uh, Wentz had no one to throw the football to, no one. Uh, they go out and they get Alshon Jeffrey, who's been awesome for them. He caught a touchdown pass last night against the Cowboys. Um, one of their first-round picks, uh, Nelson Aguilar, has kind of been, you know, having those guys around has helped him. Torrey Smith has been helpful for them as well. They have, um, I think they have a uh, an Ertz. Ertz is the tight end, and I think they even have a Kelsey on that team as well uh, at at tight end. And then they got Jay, you know, Jay Ajay on with running the football and you know they they've got some some weapons out there now but you add uh, you know going to the offseason if the bears can find uh you know a number one receiver maybe draft one uh as well and you know add to the to the weapons that are already there if we've got some options outside of howard and cohen and you know adding to the uh to the mixture there things can get a lot more interesting on the offensive side you never know uh a year from now we can be talking about how the bears are the you know, eight and two, seven and three team that's uh, surprising people, and Trubisky is making a big leap uh, in year number two, and and so on and so forth. Knock on wood for that. So, uh, to step one in making that happen is getting rid of John Fox, plain and simple. It just that just has to happen. It just does. So, those are the two silver linings. Connor Barth is gone, and Trubisky continues to grow. Um, you know, I, I read an inter- or saw, watched an interview clip yesterday of, of Kyle Long talking about uh, you know the poise and, and control that this kid has in the in the in the huddle already, and he's a young quarterback. But he said, and I quote, "I look forward to blocking for him for a long time, and uh, I hope that that's true. Uh, I hope that it is that uh, that this does work out, and that uh, we found our you know Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers, and this this guy that's going to be a thorn in the side." of every other team in the NFC North for the next decade, at least, you know, it's like, I, I would, I would like to have the problem of, you know, wondering if how much longer can Mitchell Trubisky keep playing like this, you know, kind of thing. The, the, the problems that, uh, that Green Bay and, uh, and New England have, I mean, New England had to let go of Jimmy Garoppolo because 
Tom Brady appears to be ageless, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I would like for that to be a problem for us that we end up taking, a, you know, a Garoppolo-like player in the second or third round that's developing and, and looking good, and then we just have to let the guy go because Trubisky's still awesome, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a nice problem to have 10 years down the line? So, um, and, you know, he's he's showing all the all the tools that he's going to be at the very least, a very good quarterback in the league. And um, a few twists and turns, and this guy could be great uh, as well. You know, from the, like I said, I, I never wanted the Bears to draft a quarterback, not this year uh, anyway. Um, but if we had to take one, Trubisky was the one I wanted. I know some of you guys were in love with Deshaun Watson, and he played well in, in Houston. However, he had a lot more to work with in Houston than Trubisky did uh, here in Chicago. I, I, I honestly believe if you put Mitch in Houston, he does similar things with the Texans. If he's got DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and, and all those guys uh, down there, um, Trubisky does similar things. He's, he's not as dynamic on his feet as Deshaun Watson is, obviously. Um, he's kind of like uh, an Aaron Rodgers or, or, you know, like we saw Matt Stafford. You know, he's not known as a runner, but he can run. We saw that yesterday. Trubisky had 53 yards rushing yesterday including that 19 yard run and on fourth down uh that helped extend the uh extend the drive the bears ran the ball awesome yesterday i mean even cohen had nine carries for 44 yards uh jordan howard 15 carries 125 yards i mean it was an outstanding day uh for the bears running the ball uh yesterday but um you know if you put if if trubisky lands in houston instead of chicago i think you see similar things as far as how prolific the offense can become because I think he's, I think Trubisky was the best quarterback in the class. I believe that, and so far I'm being proven right because he's turning, uh, turning this garbage of an offense <laughs> into something to contend with. You know, when he when he has his moments, I mean, he doesn't make a rookie mistake and things like that. He's going to have his growing pains, and um, he's doing his best to, uh, to, uh, to to surf these muddy waters, and uh, he's doing pretty well. And uh, we haven't seen much of a much in the way of regression that he's played worse in one game than he did in the game before and uh and and what have you we're seeing steps moving forward it's a little thing here a little thing there a full off season as the starter where there's no doubt about him being the man and and uh you know full OTAs and into training camp as the number one guy um you know same thing happened with Goff and and, and Wentz you know they were not the starters uh right away uh, Wentz started week one for the Eagles last year, but he barely played in the preseason at all before the Eagles traded Bradford to, uh, to Philadelphia and just handed the job, uh, to Wentz and Goff, on the other hand, didn't start till like week 10 or something like that last year. And, you know, very similar situation for Trubisky. He was supposed to sit for a year like Goff was supposed to behind, uh, Case Keenum and, uh, whoever they had out there in, in Los Angeles last year, but forced into duty because, you know, Mike Lennon. And uh, now there's no doubt that he's going to be the starter. He is the future. That's going to happen. And in 2018, he'll be the man from the moment that uh, that the final gun goes off against Minnesota week 17 until the season kicks off in, in 2018. He will take every first team rep that is available to him and I imagine we'll see the same progress, um, the same or similar uh, progress that uh, we've seen in, in from Wentz and Golf from year one uh, to year two. So anyway, we lost 27 to 24. We fall to three and seven. Um, you know, I hate to be the shoulda, coulda, woulda guy, but I think we should be what the Lions are. I think we should be six and four right now. You know, uh, we, we definitely should have won last week against Green Bay. Uh, we should have won this game. And, you know, you want to talk about games we should have won. Obviously, Atlanta's out there. Those are three wins uh, we could have had. So, and I'm pretty sure if we ran down the schedule, we could probably dig up one or one or so uh, more if you wanted to. But um, five and five at least. You know what I mean? Three and seven. That's pathetic. It's terrible. Uh, terrible. We've... I think we've played a bit too well uh, to do it, but uh, the self-inflicted wounds, like I talked about, self-inflicted wound number one being uh, the opening drive where we settled for the field goal and didn't score a touchdown. 
Uh, you heard me talk about it in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction. Those four points, not getting them was already hurting us because we're down 21-17 to 17 instead of 21-21 if we score a touchdown on that opening drive. Uh, and it ended up being a big chunk in the game uh, as well. So um, Detroit has to score a touchdown at the end of the game because it's 28 to 20. Uh, 28 to 24 or whatever, and they they have to score a touchdown instead of settling for a field goal uh, there in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but, um, you know, the Bears could get out of their own way sometimes. Uh, We'd be a lot better. And uh, the discipline and and things like that and the the opportunities missed kind of falls down on the coaching. And um, hopefully that's something we'll remedy uh, on Black Monday uh, this year. So, anyway, that's all I have for the Week 11 review. Uh, what do you say we go ahead and cap this thing off with everybody's favorite segment, the pre-recorded Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for week 11 review of the Chicago Bears review and um, a pretty even list uh, this week of bear ups and bear downs. Unfortunately, the bear downs outnumber the bear ups this week, but just by one, Um, you know, for for a game like today, it is uh, difficult to um, to really find. I mean, it was easy to find a lot of some positives, but also easy to find negatives uh, as well, unfortunately, it's our, our defense isn't performing the way that it did uh, in the first half. Almost like the bye week was a bad thing uh, for them. You know, they 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 performed poorly against a quarterback who threw two interceptions and led his offense to no points this week against Baltimore. I told you that. I told you guys that was going to happen. I knew that next week Brett Huntley would not be able to repeat the performance that he had against the Bears on Sunday, and he proved me right. And it sucks that I was right about that because deep down I was kind of hoping that it would be the springboard, that this is you know this was Brent Huntley's awakening and his uh, passing performance against the Bears wouldn't be a freaking anomaly. But uh, it would appear that one week later it was. So let's just start there then, actually, with the, with the, with the Bear Downs. Um, almost all of them are defensive players. Uh, bear down to our pass rush. Uh, yes, we have four sacks so far in the second half of the season, but all four of them belong to uh, linebackers. Uh, we do not have a, a pass rush that is getting there with just the front four or the front three, uh, you know, or rushing three and dropping eight or anything like that. We're not we're generating pressure, but we're not getting to the quarterback. All of our sacks in the uh, second half. Uh, belong to Kwiatkowski and uh, Christian Jones. So our, our our sacks are only coming when we blitz. Uh, we have to blitz to get to the quarterback. And blitzing is supposed to be an extra caveat to what Vic Fangio does. But the reason that that's not happening is because of the, the other bear downs. Craven LeBlanc, Kyle Fuller, Marcus Cooper, all of you were awful today. Every last one of you. Uh, Prince of Mookamore is our best Uh, cover corner and we even have to credit him with a 34 yard pass interference penalty that allowed the uh the lions to you know lengthen a drive that ended up being a touchdown uh, against the bears in the second quarter i mean it's the secondary has been awful uh in the second half when it was appearing to be kind of like uh a strength for us you know in the in those victories against baltimore and um and uh carolina they were awesome you know Eddie Jackson making plays and and uh, you know the 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 Panthers not being able to do much of anything uh, in the passing game, which was really encouraging in the in the in the Carolina game, especially with as many plays as the defense was out there uh, against Carolina, almost seventy plays, and you know the passing game had nothing for could do nothing for the Panthers. Uh, in that game, but they've been a huge letdown. Kyle Fuller uh, has been, you know, awful in in the last two weeks. Was victimized last week by uh, Brent Huntley and Randall Cobb and whoever they tried to, you know, whoever uh, Fuller was trying to cover last week. Marcus Cooper, I just read, was on the was on the field for only eight plays today. One of which 
was that huge third down that they gave up on that 90. Remember I said they, they, they scored in 90, 90 yards in four plays to score that first touchdown uh, against the Bears. And the play that opened the floodgates was the third and 15. Marcus Cooper gave an enormous cushion on third and 15, I believe, to TJ Jones, who got 16 or 17 on third. I mean, we even hit Stafford on that play. He was able to get the ball out there, and the ball was up there forever, but he had enough room because Marcus Cooper gave him a 58-yard cushion. He had enough time to be able to stand there and wait for the ball to hit him right in the chest to, to get a first down on, on third and 15. And then the other play was when he was, um, uh, I think it may have been Jones again or, or one of the other receivers, whoever number 11 is, um, you know, the double move that 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 completely fooled Marcus Cooper uh, for the touchdown um, for the uh, for the Lions. So, I mean, I think that was actually the same drive, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, you know, so Marcus Cooper has been terrible, not to mention, you know, the world's most famous brain fart when he, you know, forgot to score the touchdown before putting the ball on the ground first and uh, and everything. Craven LeBlanc dropped an, an, an easy interception. So did Kyle Fuller, who, damn, he almost, he dropped two today's. Now that I'm thinking about it, he had one go through his hands and one that he, you know, hit him in the bread basket that he dropped. So three interceptions, not two three interceptions that we dropped today unbelievable you know Stafford was serving them up for us and we couldn't act on them it's just uh not as opportunistic as we need to be uh in in that area uh you know or, or as we could have been you know not as not not so much that we need to be but we could have been the plays were there they were there the opportunities were there and we blew them every single time so that's why those guys all get bear downs and um you know bear down to uh Daniel Brown uh, I don't know what the hell was going on with him today. He was very lackadaisical. It's like almost like he couldn't be bothered to be out there or he was like pouting on the lack of time that he was spending on the field or something. You know, he had, I think, only like one or two catches today. He dropped a pass that would have been a first down uh, if he'd have come down with it. I mean, it wasn't a great throw. Uh, Trubisky put it low, but it was in his hands. It hit him right in the hands and he dropped the ball. It would have been a tough catch, but a catch that couldn't you're an NFL tight end. That's what you get paid to do. He drops it. And then you just I just didn't get any feeling that Brown was playing at full speed today. You know, like he like he felt like he was still in practice or something. He was going at half three quarter speed, you know, half or three quarter speed today. He just didn't feel uh, or didn't appear anyway to be uh, there or present at this game for some reason uh, or another. I just didn't quite get what the hell was going on with him uh, today. So it was it was very disappointing, very weird uh, to watch him out there uh, today, just kind of going through the motions. I mean, that's what it looked like to me anyway. And then uh, let's go to the bear ups before we have our final bear down. I'm sure you can all figure out who that belongs to, but uh, bear up to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he had the fumble in the uh, second quarter which was especially hurtful because it kind of opened the floodgates uh, for Detroit. We've talked about that already, but um, recovered nicely. Uh, Didn't have the most prolific day statistically, 18 of 30, but um, he's, he's showing flashes guys. He's, he is definitely going to be special for us. You know, I I mentioned it already, but he's, I think he's, he's going to be um, the next major quarterback to come out of the NFC North. It just, the, you're, you're seeing it there. He just has the, the the wrong coaching staff around him right now. We need to get like a Sean McVay led or a, a you know a Doug Peterson. You've seen what they're doing for Golf and and Wentz in year number two. That's what the Bears need uh, for uh, for Trubisky. That's what we need uh, going forward uh, in 2018. Because right now Fox is uh, I think I read on Twitter three and 13 in the NFC North right now, and we still have two games left to go. And both of those games are on the road at Detroit, at Minnesota, where the Bears do not have a good history of pulling down victories. And so it is very possible that we could be 0-6 in the division. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that in the in the knee-jerk reaction. It, it just, there's no way that he can finish this year 3-15 and in the division and keep his job. I just don't see how it's possible. I don't. You know, we have two home games left in 2017. Uh, with the 49ers and the Browns. Those are the home games that we have left. So we should, at the very least, have five victories at the end of it. You know, there, there's no way we, we should lose to either 
uh, of those teams. Uh, it, it just should not happen. But um, anyway, back to the positives of, of Trubisky. Uh, the things that he did on his feet today, uh, that, that fourth and 10 uh, run, he got like 19 yards or whatever that, that extended the drive. One play later, the laser beam to Dontrell Inman that at least got us a chance uh, to be in field goal range and set it up for Connor Barth to embarrass us all with that lousy field goal attempt. Um, you know, Trubisky got us there. He's the one that 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 got it. You know, he's he's still got some strides to make. I mentioned that uh, that play to uh, that Cohen uh, where he could have easily launched it over Tariq Cohen's five foot six head and uh, you know put it into the stands or like Chris Spielman said you know hit you know hit the hit the little kid in the second row with an early christmas present uh or something or try to take out the popcorn guy in the stands you don't throw it to Tariq cohen who is seven eight yards in the backfield just so somebody can i mean uh, i understand what he's trying to do but on those plays you just uh you know you 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 cut bait and you live to play another down kind of thing those are the like i said those are the things that will come it would have been especially helpful for it not to happen today, but those are the things that will come with time and experience uh, on the field, all of which, uh, you know, Trubisky is getting in spades so far this year. But um, other bear-ups, obvious ones, Jordan Howard, uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, Howard, a beast, 15 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. Awesome job uh, from him. Tariq Cohen was on the field for 31 snaps as opposed to 13 just last week against Green Bay, and we see what happens when we when we when we make it and when we make an effort to put Tariq Cohen out there. I guess the defense allowed Tariq Cohen to 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 be part of the uh, game plan uh, today. So I mean, it was uh, uh, just like those idiots said in the press conferences uh, last week. Uh, the, you know, the, dic- the defense dictates who's out on the field. Uh, I doubt any defense in the NFL would want more Tariq Cohen out there. That's why that statement makes no sense. That's why it makes no sense. The defense would, if the defense truly dictates who's out there on the field, none of them, not one defense in football, after seeing what this kid is capable of, is going to set themselves up to invite Tariq Cohen out onto the field. That's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that's why that's, that statement damn near made my head explode when I heard it. You know, you saw what this kid did to Atlanta and Pittsburgh, two of the better teams in the league uh, in the early weeks of the season. Why would you want to set yourself up to have this kid cut you up and, and, and be more you know dynamic and special and have you be the victim of that? No defense in the league is going to beg for Tariq Cohen to be the one that does damage to them. No, no. You know, if the defense is going to dictate anything, it's to put the ball in the rookie's hands, make the Bears throw the ball, and make this rookie beat us because he doesn't have the tools to do it. That's what a defense is going to do if they're dictating things. So, um, anyway, bear up Jordan Howard, bear up Tariq Cohen for uh, for making an impact and keeping the Bears in it. Uh, bear up to add uh, Keem Hicks, I should say. Um, the fumble recovery uh, in the game and just overall being uh, a beast in, in for the for the football. I mean, didn't really get didn't get after the quarterback. I mean, we talked about that already with the pass rush uh, getting to bear down for the pass rush. But um, you know, he's been a force out there. I mean, consistently just all over the place. How he doesn't make the Pro Bowl today or this year, I should say. Vote in the Pro Bowl, by the way. Go to NFL.com. Vote for the Pro Bowl. Make sure we get Jordan Howard, Akeem Hicks. Uh, in there and uh, you know maybe Eddie Jackson uh, as well maybe even throw in Adrian Amos uh, just for good measure I mean those are the guys uh, that deserve to uh, represent the Bears in Hawaii this year or wherever the hell they're playing the Pro Bowl they, they seem to like to flip it around but uh, and then finally uh, Adam Shaheen want to give him a bear up um, finally stepping up finally seeing some of Adam Shaheen I mean granted he's doing it in force duty because Deion Sims is out with the mysterious illness that uh, John Fox doesn't want to violate any legal uh, precedents to uh, to share with us, but uh, you know, with no Deion Sims, it was da- Daniel Brown and Adam Shaheen, and uh, Shaheen uh, came up, had the touchdown reception, had another really nice catch uh, in the football game uh, as well. So I mean, uh, nice to see Adam Shaheen uh, joining us uh, this year. So it was uh, really cool because, like at the beginning of the year, I th- I thought that of the draft class, this wait and see 2018 draft class that we had. Uh, I thought Shaheen would be the one that would have the easiest time making some sort of a, an impact, and, and instead he's the latest one to the party. I mean, not counting our our uh, our offensive guard that's on IR right now, the one that hasn't played a snap all season, but 
Cohen, Jackson, Trubisky have all been for the lack of, you know, basically immediate impact guys and Adam Shaheen in a position where we needed help in, in the pass catching uh, area and the tight end, we, you know, adding depth there and whatnot uh, has been late to the party as far as the draft class uh, is concerned. And then finally, this was a negative day, so we're going to end it on a negative note. Bear down to Connor Barth. And I hope to Holy Christ that this is the last time that I talk about you on this show, uh, except for on, uh, you know, let's say Thursday, Friday, whenever I do the next one, um, when I'm announcing to you guys happily that we've cut Barth and we signed somebody else. Uh, I don't even care who it is. I mean, let's pull Kevin Butler out of retirement. Find Paul Edinger for Christ's sake. I don't care. Um, you know, get rid of this guy. Um, you know, quarterbacks are like kickers lately. I mean, they're finding a good one is almost impossible. I mean, kickers are supposed to be a dime a dozen, you know, there are more kickers than there are teams for them to kick on. And yet we can't find one better than this guy. I mean, and what did I say about this last week? You know, three 40 plus yard field goals and an extra long extra point. This guy is perfect in horrible weather conditions, the slipperiest field in football. I mean, and visiting teams can't wait to complain about how crappy Soldier Field's turf is. And this guy's putting them through the uprights. You know, he could have run into it backwards and kicked with his opposite leg and put it through the uprights last week against Green Bay. But, uh, you know, it's like dry field. Perfect conditions. I mean, it was windy out there, but, uh, you know, like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, that, that kick wasn't even the same zip code as the uprights. It was embarrassing how badly he missed that field goal. Uh, just just horrible. You know, like I was almost sick to my stomach when we got the first down that set up the extra, or set up the extra point, set up the field goal for Barth because I had no faith whatsoever that he was going to do it. No faith whatsoever. It's like all of a sudden, you know, it's like I can't sit still. I'm nervous and uh, and everything. And not because it's a tense moment. Because, you know, I got nervous when it was Robbie Gold back there. But there was still a really good chance Robbie's going to make it. I mean, he would have drilled it. But Barth, on the other hand, you just, you were going to be more surprised that he made it than he, than he, than he missed it. No, nobody that's been watching the Bears the last two years was surprised at all that Connor Barth botched that kick. So... Bear down to him. You suck, and I hope you're not on my team anymore. Um, anyway, that's going to do it. And uh, I, I know I probably talked about this a couple of times already, um, but um, going to be a little bit different uh, this week as far as how the show comes out. Um, what I'm going to do is, um, because of the holiday uh, this week, uh, I am talking to Brandon Lee Gowton on Tuesday night. So talking to him early. Uh, this week just to get out of the way of the holiday because Wednesday night I'm going to be traveling uh, to Chicago for the holiday so I won't be able to talk to him on Wednesday night when I usually like to do uh, my interviews and obviously Thursday being the holiday so that's out that's usually when I do the interviews is on Wednesday or, or, or Thursday night so what we're going to do is I'm going to release three shows this week we're going to do the, the this review episode that you're listening to now there's going to be, I'm going to release the interview with between myself and Brandon separately as its own interview or its own episode. And then Friday, uh, on Black Friday, um, you know, it's like I'm going home, but a lot of my family members are going to be busy. Some of them have to work on Friday. So I'm going to be sitting, uh, sitting alone in the house by myself on Friday. So I'm going to just basically do like what would be the the intro, you know, how the, the, the preview episodes are. I have an intro segment, the interview, and then an outro segment. Basically, we're going to do that episode in two parts. Part one is going to be the interview between myself and Brandon Lee Gowton previewing the game. That'll be out on Wednesday morning. And then on Friday, I'm going to basically do the other two segments on Friday and release that as its own show as well. So you guys get three episodes from me this week. This review episode, the interview between myself and Brandon Lee Gowton will be its own episode that comes out on Wednesday. And then Friday, I will, uh, in my spare time of doing nothing on Black Friday, uh, because I don't have money to go shopping, um, uh, I'm going to record basically what have would have been the opening and closing segments of the preview episode and release that on Friday uh, as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Follow me on Twitter at Shy Bears Review, C-H-I Bears Review. Loving interacting with a lot of you guys. A lot more of you have been reaching out to me, asking me questions, 
uh, and so forth. And, um, you know, I'm really appreciating having a lot of fun uh, talking and interacting with you. So feel free uh, to to send me questions, anything you guys want me to talk about on the show and, and things like that. That is uh, is a lot of fun when we do that. You can also follow the Chicago Bears Review on Facebook. Just search Chicago Bears Review and it will come right up on Facebook. Join the group, like the group, and follow us and uh, join in the uh, join in the discussion. So anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 11 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Hoping the Thanksgiving holiday uh, treats you well and uh, whatever you Whatever my overseas people celebrate, if you celebrate anything this week, I hope you enjoy that uh, as well. And um, like I said, we'll be back uh, briefly on Wednesday. It's not going to sound like a traditional episode. It's not going to have an intro and an outro or anything like that. Basically, it's just going to be the interview itself. And then Friday will be more of a traditional sounding episode with the This Week from the Chicago Bears Review and all that kind of stuff um, on Friday when I'm basically just giving doing my part of the uh, preview episode on Friday. So uh, enjoy the holiday. Uh, we'll see you the rest of this week, and uh, hopefully it will be a good one and the Bears can shock the world on Sunday against the Eagles, as I predicted last week, because so far I'm, I'm, I'm killing it. You know, Brent Huntley fell flat on his face against Baltimore this week, just like he said he would. The Bears lost embarrassingly at home uh, against the Lions. It was another competitive close game, but Connor Barth found a way to make it a demoralizing, embarrassing loss. Uh, at the end and I said that we would beat Philadelphia at home next week so let's see if I can go three for three uh, on that one and the Bears can shock the world and beat the Eagles at home you know uh, next week wouldn't that just be something wouldn't that be something it would be so anyway I'm gonna get out of here you guys enjoy the holiday until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review